I love this guy. He's become a dear friend. And I'm so thankful that he's here to speak into the life of our church and bring, continue to bring hope and healing to us. So, guys, man, I want you to put your horns together. And I want you to welcome our dear friend, Danny Ortiz. Come on, guys. Hallelujah. Testing one, two, testing one, two. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hallelujah. My goodness, I want to thank you for the opportunity and the honor it is for me to be here. Uh, Pastor Steve is a good, good friend, dear friend. I love him, his wife. How many love Pastor Steve? What, leave a mark, what God is doing here. Revival is not coming. Revival is here. Amen? Just look out here. Revival is here. Psalms 34, David says something powerful. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So how many know, even in coronavirus, no matter what we're going through, at all times, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Let's praise God for one minute. Let's bless God right in your car. And let, let, let us let our God know how much we love him and that he's the great king. He's the great father. He's the great awesome God. We honor you. We honor you, King Jesus. We honor you, King Jesus. We bless your name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name, King Jesus. We bless your name, King Jesus. In that same chapter, David said in verse 8, Oh, come taste and see that he is good. And I know that you're tasting and drunk of who God is because you're standing in a parking lot and you're still worshiping God and you don't let nothing deter you from going after God. And I'm coming this morning to remind you that our eyes, listen, we started this year with our eyes fixed on, on Jesus it does not stop. Our eyes continually are fixed on one master, one savior, one king, and his name is Jesus. And I just want to give some prophetic just connotation of what's happening. Listen, we've been in a pause and a reset. For some reason, God chose this time. You're living in one of the greatest times in history of mankind where God chose you and I to live in a time just like this, where the whole globe is being paused, where God said, I'm going to give the whole world a rest, a Sabbath, a Shabbat, where they can rest in my presence and know that I am God. And in this hour more than ever, our trust and our hope is not in what the news can give us. It's not what political side can give us. It's our hope is, Lord, my eyes are fixed on you. Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Listen, if you're struggling in this hour, I come to encourage you to say just trust. It's the time to trust more than ever. Listen, you may not have all the answers and that's okay. I don't need all the answers. I don't need all the solutions. All I need to know is that God is still on the throne and it hasn't changed him one bit. Amen. I know sometimes we're looking, I want to know what's happening, and I want to know, you know, we, 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 we get in this hurry mentality, in this microwave mentality. God, you need to tell me. God doesn't need to do anything. 
but just love on you just the way you are. Amen? And so, listen, trust God. Lean into the trust and say, God, you know what? I may not have the answers. I may not know when I'm going to leave my house. I may not know when this is going to be over. But I don't care. I know that I trust you and I know that you got my back. How many know that God has your back? So we have to live our lives like we're living for eternity at all times. Amen? Why? If we live our lives like we live for eternity at all times, no matter what I go through, it won't deter me. It won't change my mindset. It won't... I don't go to the right or to the left. I'll stay steady at God. And so turn with me to John 17, verse 3. If you have a Bible, if you have something there to look at, a phone, I want, I want to show you what Jesus says eternity is. Because if you see Jesus' perspective of, the, of eternity, and if you live that way, then you understand that, listen, no matter what temptation, no matter what tragedy no matter what triumph, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change my state of being of trusting God. I always trust God. So Jesus explains this in John 17, 3. He says, and this is eternal life. How many want to know what eternal life is? How many want to know what the answer of eternal life is? Jesus gives you the, the, the listen, eternity is just not living on earth for 70 years, 80 years, and dying and going to heaven. That's not what Jesus says here. Listen to what Jesus says. In John 73, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent me. Eternity is wrapped in the knowledge and the pursuit of knowing God, in the pursuit of knowing Jesus. And if I stay in that state all the time, I never move by what things that are moving around me. So what, what is Jesus saying? That they may know us. He said, eternity is wrapped in one thing, that they may know me and they may know the Father. This word know right here is the word gnisko in, 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 in Greek, and it means to learn to know, to become known, to understand, or the Jewish idiom of intimacy between a man and a woman. So think of it this way. If I'm always living with the mindset of being intimate with Jesus and the Father, then no matter what comes, Call it coronavirus, 19, 20, 30, doesn't matter. Listen, it's one thing out of many. How many know this virus and this what's happening is one thing out of many things. It's not going to be the first or the last time that we're going to go through something, amen? But in going through it, I'm going to push towards knowing Jesus, and I'm going to stay constantly in that state of mind. Because God is intentional. And is intense on pursuing you more than you could ever think about pursuing him. Amen? What do I, what do I mean by that? Look at Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8 tells us this. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that why we were still sinners. Christ died for us. That means in your worst condition, in the condition that you couldn't earn it, that you couldn't give nothing back, he says, I still choose you. I still pursue after you. I still go to the cross for you. I still take the nails for you. I still take the the crown of thorns for you. Why? Because you're worth it. Listen to what he says in 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. Did you hear that? He, I only can love him because he first showed me his love. Unconditionally. I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't do the right things to get it. He chose to love me. And that's the eternal state. Paul, the apostle, 
is one of the greatest examples of life lived on earth with an eternal perspective. I'm going to say it again. Live today like you're living for eternity. Don't wait until tragedy. No, I'm living right now like I'm living for eternity. Paul understood this. Why? Paul speaking to the Philippians in, in, in Philippians 4.11. Listen to what Paul says. Not that I speak in regard to need, but I have learned in whatever state I am, I'm content. Meaning whatever comes my way, I'm not moved. No matter what storm arises, I'm not moved. No matter what person tries to come at me, no matter what group of people tries to come at me, no matter what sickness, maybe you're dealing with sickness today, illness in your body, maybe you're dealing with not having enough finances, but Paul says no matter what state I find myself, I'm content. I want to I find out, Paul, why do you feel so assured in your faith? Paul had triumphs and Paul had tragedies. Think about this. Paul, one, Paul is one that can talk about this. He's like, I can talk about them. Whatever state I am in, I'm good. Why? Because my eyes are on Jesus. Why? Because listen to this. In Acts chapter 9, Jesus himself meet Paul face to face. I don't know about you, but I haven't had that kind of triumph yet. I believe in Jesus, but I haven't met him face to face. Paul had a face encounter with Jesus. How many would call that a triumph? My goodness, Jesus came down from heaven and led him to himself. Then in 2 Corinthians 22, he says, and he was caught up in the third heaven. Paul's having these heavenly encounters with God where he don't know if he's in the flesh. Or, he's literally caught up in heaven, seeing heavenly things. I haven't been there yet. In Acts, in the book of Acts, the Bible says that there was miracles flowing out of Paul, all kinds of miracles that he was going through. And you would think Paul could hand out cards saying, I'm, I'm the apostle of God. No, he didn't do that. He just was content to know Jesus. And Paul, though he had great triumphs like that, he had also great tragedies. He was arrested in a prison. Like, some of us know what that means. Paul was arrested in a prison. He was shipwrecked. I don't know about you, but I've never been shipwrecked before. Not in the natural. Paul was shipwrecked, actually in the sea, in the water, ready to die. He was bitten by a snake. I don't know about you, but I haven't been bitten by a snake neither. And this is the worst of it all. Paul tells us in the book of Corinthians, he was whipped 195 times with stripes. He was whipped 195 times. But in that state, he said, I still keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm still in love. No matter what triumph or what tragedy, I keep my eyes on Jesus. Let's go, let's go to Philippians chapter 3 real quick. Philippians chapter 3. Lessons we're going to learn from Paul, how to live life for eternity. How do I live my life for eternity today? How am I not shaking? I don't care what the news tells me. I'm not shaking. Why? Because I trust in a God. That what? That hasn't failed us yet. Amen. From generations to generations. His covenant is everlasting. He says in Leviticus 26, my covenant with you is everlasting. Are you understanding? His covenant with us is everlasting. He won't leave you. Listen to Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul's writing. Paul's writing this. And in verse 3 he says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. 
Have no confidence in the flesh. I'm going to say it again. Have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm also. What is Paul saying? Paul saying, listen, I can boast more than all of you guys. I've seen Jesus face to face. I was caught up in the third heaven. But listen to what he says. In verse 5, circumcising the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisees, concerning the zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless, meaning I have all these reasons, Daniel too. I have all these reasons that I can boast. I'm from the right stock. I got the right lineage. But he chose not to. Look at verse 7. Everybody look at verse 7 with me. There's a big but there. Turn to the person in the car next to you and say, there's a big but. But! Paul says, but! Hold on a second. But I can go and say I'm from a great stock. He can say I come from the Hebrew stock. I got all the favor of the Lord on my life. He said, but! What things were gained to me, these have accounted loss for Christ. Listen to verse 8. Yeah, indeed, I also count all things lost to the excellent knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul, what are you talking about? How do I keep myself from an, with eternal perspective? The first thing Paul is telling you is surrender everything. Everything, all your accolades, all your mishaps, everything surrender it to him. Count all that loss and keep your eyes on one person named Jesus Christ. He said, keep pursuing Jesus. Don't, 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 don't get trophies. Don't get little trophies that you can set on your trophy case. Do you remember in the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John are with Jesus Daniel, they have this great encounter with God, and they, and they started to build the altar. And what did Jesus tell Peter, James, and John? Don't build the altar. Why? There's so much I have for you. This is just the beginning. And I think a lot of times we begin to start building these, these memoriams and things that I used to do in Christ. But listen to me this morning. There's so much more that he wants to give you. There's so much intimate relationship that he wants you to know. There's so much that he wants to know about you. Don't, listen, just don't stop there. Keep on pressing. Because he's pursuing after you. And Paul said this, I counted all loss. There's a surrender in me to say, I'm not just going to keep it all. I want to gain more Christ. Look at verse 9 here. Verse 9 says, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. What are you saying, Paul? Righteousness is given, not earned. The first thing we got to do is surrender everything. The second thing we got to recognize is there's nothing I can do to earn it. I'm going to say it again. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You can't be good enough. The word says that my righteousness is a filthy rag before him. He makes me righteous. Amen. Jesus makes me righteous. I can't make myself righteous. He makes me righteous. I stand before him on not my accord, but on his. Ephesians 2.8. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's keep on reading. Verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 and 11 says this, that I may know him, that I may know him. See, Paul understood the words of Jesus, that they may know him. Paul also said the same thing, that I may know him, that I may have intimacy with Jesus. Jesus said, I may know him, and in the power of his resurrection, the power of his resurrection, and the, what, and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, and by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now, let me say this. It's not a coincidence we've been quarantined since Passover, right? We, the first week of the Passover, they made us stay home. It's not a coincidence we've been staying home since Passover, and in two weeks, the, the Pentecost is coming. Now, in the Jewish tradition, this is the time where you pause and reset in your life. Listen to me prophetically. Do you so in the Jewish life, what they're doing from Passover to Pentecost is they're letting God reset some things in them. Listen, there, the third thing I want to tell you this morning, there is power in the waiting. There is power. Listen, there's coming a power to the church of Christ like we haven't seen before. There is something coming from heaven. And I, I'm here to tell you this morning that your waiting has not been in vain, that you haven't been home in vain, that God has been doing some things in your heart, and if you allow him to do it in you. Listen, I don't know about you, but I love reading in the book of Acts where he told Jesus, told his disciples, go and wait. For, there's a promise coming. And it's Acts chapter 2, the word says, and when the day of Pentecost fully came, there was a tongues of fire that closed that room. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for something from heaven spiritually that's going to rock my house, that's going to rock my job, that's going to rock my world. God is descending upon his people. What do we got to do? Just do nothing but wait. But Danny, I want to do things. Yeah, just chill. I came here to tell you this morning, chill out. It's going to be okay. But when is it going to happen? I don't know. How is it going to happen? I don't know. Do you, think the, do you think the disciples knew when Jesus told them to wait, that they knew what they were waiting for? No, you know what they were waiting? The first day, the second day, the third day. And I can see Mary and John and Peter and James and Bartholomew, Daniel, they just talking amongst themselves. And one thing... Then the, the day of Pentecost comes, and there's a tongue of fire comes in that room. And they go, oh, hold on. I see it. I feel it. I know it's here. Listen, there's a day coming, man. I, and I don't know. And I know you feel it in your spirit. And that's why you're here in the parking lot today. Because you feel this thing inside of you. You know, God, there's more. There's got to be more. And if there's got to be more, I want it. I'm not satisfied. I want more. Jesus prayed it this way, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So Peter here, I mean Paul says this. Listen, listen to Paul. I'm going I'm to read it again. Verse 10 and 11 because there's power in the waiting. Remember, there's two weeks to come. In two weeks on the 31st, Sunday 31st is, is Sunday. It's a Pentecost Sunday. But I don't know about you, but I'm waiting, man. And I'm asking the Lord to come. Come in my house. Come, in, come everywhere I go, I go. I'm going to read verse 10 and 11 again. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Being conformed to his death. I don't know about you, but Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, 
If anyone decides to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What is my part? Listen, all God is asking for 1%, he'll do, he'll do the 99. Hello? What he's asking? Let him search your heart and the things that he's asking for you to die to, say, God, kill that in me. God, I got pride. Kill it in me. God, I got this issue of lust. Kill it in me. God, I have this issue of alcohol. Kill it in me. Take this time and say, God, whatever's inside of me that has to die, let it die. Why? Because I want the fullness of your resurrection power. Amen. We're going to close with this. We're going to close this with Let's read verse 12 and 14. Paul said, not that I have already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on. I want you right now to listen to those words. I press on. I press on that I may lay a hold that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. I press on. I press on. No matter what's in front of me, I press on. No matter what the doctor tells me, I press on. No matter what society tells me, I press on. No matter what my neighbor tells me, I press on. No matter what my auntie tells me, I press on. No matter what my cousin tells me, I press on. I press on. Paul said, I press on. There's something great I'm going for. You don't understand. Listen, they may not understand you in your neighborhood. Your family may not understand you. Man, you're a cuckoo Christian. That's okay, but I'm pressing on. How do you still drive to that church? You know, you're going to get sick. No, I press on because I know there's more to gain in Christ. It says in verse 13, brethren, do not count myself. I do not count myself to have apprehend. But one thing, one thing, one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal and the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What is the goal? The goal is to know Jesus more. What is the prize? To know Jesus more. To gain a hold of Jesus. The goal is Jesus. I want you to hear these scriptures and then we're going to close. Colossians 1, 1 says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. I know we need endurance and patience now like never before. But God is going to give you by his spirit endurance and patience to what? To wait to get to know him better. That's it. The waiting is in knowing him, and that's it. I know that inside your flesh you want, man, I want to get out there. I want to get in the street. I want to, no, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patience in affliction, faithful in prayer. What am I going to do? I'm going to hope. I'm going to be patient, and I'm going to continue to pray because I'm pressing. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, Ah, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I don't know who I'm saying this to, but I, I did come this morning to tell you, don't let the enemy hold your past against you. Every time the enemy brings your past, you remind him of his future. I'm going to say that again. When the enemy brings your past to you, you remind him of his future. You remind him of his future. Paul said, I forget everything that happens. How do I forget everything that happens? I press. I keep on pressing. The last scripture before they start worshiping again. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Do not remember the past, but I will do a new thing. Listen, this thing that we're doing this morning is a new thing. Why? Because we're pressing 
towards his face. And as we press towards the face of Jesus, he's going to do a new thing in my family. He's going to do a, thing, a new thing in my community. He's going to do a, do a new thing in my community. Do you know what? Just by you living in your community, God is going to do things. Why? Because you're there and you represent the kingdom of God in that community. Just by you being at work, his kingdom comes. Why? Because you're there and you represent his kingdom at work. This morning, if you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, I want to encourage you. What? Number one, live for eternity. How do I live for eternity? Surrender everything this morning to Jesus. Don't hold nothing back. If you've been holding something back this morning, it's the morning to say, I'll give it up this morning to you. Two, know that God gives you righteousness. It's not earned. Three, keep pressing. Four, there's power in the waiting. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm, I'm, I'm awaiting such an outpouring of the Spirit of God like never before. And I want you right now, in your car, close your eyes, lift up your hands to Jesus. And we're going to pray for salvation. Listen, if you need Jesus this morning, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater but His face. There's nothing greater. Paul said, one thing I desire. David said, one thing I desire, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. This morning, desire the one great one thing. The great one thing is to know Jesus. And Lord, right now, this morning, if there's someone listening to me that don't know you, Abba, I pray that they get introduced to such a Savior that saves, that delivers, that sets free, that baptizes us in the Spirit, and His name is Yeshua HaMashiach. Lord, introduce yourself to those who are listening to me right now. And God, I pray for every person lifting up their hands, every person that's praying with me this morning, for a great outpouring of your Spirit. God, pour out your Spirit in this, in this parking lot, in this facility, in our homes, in our cars. God, pour out your Spirit upon us like never before. God, we need a great outpouring. And I pray this morning, God, as we press towards you, God, press towards us. And let the Holy Spirit, God, just hover our cars cover our lives, and we say yes right now to you, Jesus. Come on, take a few minutes with your eyes closed as they worship right now. Just begin to start saying yes. I say yes to your will, yes to your way. I may not understand it, God, but it's not for me to understand it. I just say yes to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.